Hello and welcome, fellow awesomeologists to Awesomeology. I'm Ben, and while I'm super excited to introduce our guests, I have to mention that this episode will sound a bit different, as we'll be without my world-famous co-host, Sue. I'm going to do my best to keep it awesome, and I'll have to try hard because Sue is definitely responsible for no less than 95% of the awesomeness that makes our podcast so great, so smart, and so fun. Uh, we'll miss her, but I know that she's enjoying some well-deserved time away from our busy work lives, and I promise she'll be back for our next episode for those of you that are going to miss her, which is all of you, I'm sure. Now, on with the show. In this episode, we're happy to welcome Lois Kitch from CU Difference and our very own Katie Zaleski from Simplicity Credit Union to talk about their upcoming adventure as they prepare to climb Africa. Welcome, Lois and Katie. Thanks, Ben. Morning. We're both excited to be here. Yeah, definitely. We're so excited to have you. So before we start and we dive in to this uh, big adventure you have coming up, uh, let's get to know you a bit more. Um, and why don't we start with Lois? Lois, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, what you're up to nowadays, and then maybe give us a 30-second elevator speech about what Climb Africa is all about, and we'll dive deeper into that later. Okay, so good morning again. My name is Lois Kitch again, and I am the co-founder of a consulting organization called CU Difference. And CU Difference is really designed to help credit union professionals recognize the opportunity in serving all of their membership, including low-wage working families. I have been doing this since I uh, left the National Credit Union Foundation in 2018. My career over credit union spans about 42 years, and if I talk about all the things I've done in credit unions, that's all we would talk about. But some quick highlights, um, I think that I have probably am most known for the role I played at the National Credit Union Foundation as the executive director of the, um, the development education program or the director of DE. I also have um, experience working with the World Council of Credit Unions, Filene, and working within credit unions. So all of that has led me to this volunteer work that I'm doing right now for ACOSCA. ACOSCA is the Pan-African Trade Association for Credit Unions, which means 28 of the countries across the continent of Africa. Incidentally, there are 54 countries in Africa. Oftentimes people think Africa is a country and I say, no, it's a continent. Remember, 54 different cultures, 54 different governments, 54 different credit union movements. The idea of Climb Africa started um, about 18 months ago when we recognized that access to quality um, education for credit union professionals was sparse across the continent. So Climb Africa is meant to, to be used to build out the first ever state-of-the-art training facility or academy as we call it for African credit unions. And the ultimate goal is to raise $1.2 million to secure an office space, you know, the build out of office space curriculum and the development of a research institute for African credit unions. We're making great progress. We're not there yet, but we are making good progress towards making this African dream come true. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks for the great introduction and the teaser for so much great information about Climb Africa, which we'll jump into in a bit. Uh, Katie, why don't you tell us a bit about who you are, uh, what you're up to, and maybe how you got connected to Climb Africa? Yeah. Um, good morning. Uh, 
or afternoon, I guess, depending on when you're listening to our podcast. Um, I'm Katie Zaleski, and as Ben mentioned in the intro, I am at Simplicity Credit Union and have the privilege of working with Ben um, in the cre- in my credit union uh, career and then working with Lois um, in um, our work in Africa with credit unions or SACOs in Africa. Um, I'm the VP of Human Resources at Simplicity Credit Union. So in my day job at Simplicity, um, I get to champion professional development um, and really finding amazing um, people who want to work for Simplicity and enjoy working at Simplicity like we do. So uh, professional development and, and making sure that um, we're taking care of the the all the awesome people that work with us uh, is get what I get to do on my day to day job, um, which is exciting and amazing. Um, and Climb Africa, um, as Lois said, kind of uh, started about eighteen months ago, and um, was this dream and this idea. Um, as I mentioned, professional development is something that uh, I am passionate about, and um, I'm fortunate to champion and and uh, work with it. Simplicity. Um, so when we talked about, or when Lois talked to me about Climb Africa and building out an academy and a resource like that for um, SACOs and credit unions in Africa, uh, it was a yes. And then wait, what are we doing? So um, Climb Africa came kind of through uh, the work that I've been doing with Lois and with George and the Acosca team in Africa. And that started, as as Lois mentioned, she um, uh, oversaw DE. Uh, and I had um, gone through DE in 2016 with Lois Kitch. And so in that class, she talked about a first ever international DE workshop in Kenya. Um, I hadn't even graduated DE at, at that time. And I called um, our former CEO, Pat Westenberg, and said, hey, there's this trip to Africa. I really want to go. What what do we need to do to, to get me to go? And she said, well, graduate DE first. And then we'll talk about it. So that's kind of how my relationship with Africa started um, and my involvement with Africa, attending that DE workshop. And then uh, since then, I've been privileged to um, attend workshops, uh, do development work, and then also um, work with the Costco on professional development and um, working with SACOs and credit unions on operating principles and um, the philosophies of credit unions. So it's been a whirlwind. It's crazy to think that it's been every year since 2017. And then I'm gearing up in a couple of days for my seventh trip to Africa. So. Excellent. Awesome. Clearly uh, some passion uh, in the room here for Africa and all the development efforts over there. And um, it's uh, awesome to hear everything that you guys have done and are doing. And to that point, um, why don't we um, dive a bit deeper into this Climb Africa thing and we'll kind of follow the flow of the who, what, where, when, why, how, and maybe let's start with the why. So Lois, you, you kind of teased a little bit um, or mentioned the, the academy, like the end goal of um, what these funds are going to do and what they're going to be created. Can you talk a bit more about, you know, how the need was identified and then maybe once this thing exists like what's it going to do for people so thank you for that question it's um so the climb africa whole idea again came because we recognized that access to training for credit unions was really critical in not only building institutional strength um strength so that the sacos we call them sacos in africa are safe and strong and that members money is protected but also the recognition of building the financial capability of members is part of their mission. 
So at a Costco, we spend a great deal of time measuring and balancing the, the business opportunities that happen from running a well-run credit union that also enables social opportunities such as living the values that you have within your institutions. And so that, is, that has been the role here of recognizing with so many different countries and so many different levels of, of sophistication in credit unions that there needed to be a central place of information and sharing. A, also a convening place, a place where people could come and not only get reliable information, but have an opportunity to meet and discuss issues that are important to the continent. So in doing that, we had the opportunity to really start and talk to some American credit union professionals about this idea and got some strong support and kind of a go ahead to push forward and actually start this to work out to build this whole um, concept. The outcome of what will happen here is that there will first and foremost through the Research Institute be reliable data, which Africa does not have right now. Mm -hmm. We don't clearly understand for sure how many members are part of credit unions. We don't clearly understand who our members are. We don't clearly understand the regulatory environment in every country. So part of the work that Acosca, the Acosca Academy will do is also to enhance the work of convening regulators to build out solid regulation and, um, and create a regulatory environment that is enabling, but also strong enough to support strong credit unions. We'll also be doing a lot of work with credit unions to help them look beyond what's happening inside the institution to the greater community. So how can credit unions transform communities while at the same time building the financial wealth of their members, the financial well-being of their members, while at the same time being sure that the institution is safe and strong and that members' money is protected in 28 different locations? Yeah. So therein lies the complexity and also the excitement of the work that's being done. Right, yeah. It's so interesting to hear about the um, lack of or um, maybe the uh, non-existence of structure to support data to good quality data, you know, maybe as something as simple as like how many people are even members. Um, just knowing like how much of our day-to-day -day is so reliant on good data, right? You know, at the very least, who our members are and how many members we have, but not to mention, you know, everything else that goes into our decision making and our planning. And um, so that's that's an interesting outcome that comes of a, a training academy like this and the support that it can give to the whole movement on the continent. So, yeah, interesting. Ben, I always I always think too when I first started traveling and Lois hit on it with the regulators and this push for additional regulation and training with regulators and co-training with regulators, regulators, it's so different than kind of the language here where there's so much regulation that credit unions talk about that regulation and the impact on you know, maybe the time it takes us to do a mortgage lending where SACOs in Africa are asking for regulation for that stability, right? So it's, I always think it's really interesting to see that and and the work that they're they're doing in Africa to bring that regulation and recognition of the importance of that. Um, 
And I think that that's one of those things that stood out so much to me when we started having these conversations, just some of those differences, right? And it's a very different side of the coin that we have with um, our regulators or conversations and, and you know, that, that education component um, on the why, the why for Climb Africa. And I think Lois does so much good work there with Acosca and Acosca is doing so much good work. And, you know, as I talked in the beginning too about professional development, you know, conversations around professional development for us is just recognition and um, our staff of just um, that desire to grow and that desire to learn and and the all the tools that we have accessible to to implement um, that that kind of drive and that investment in our employees. And so for me, Climb Africa, that why is the development of this academy and then also that online learning platform where um, the SACOs in Africa will be able to look at those resources and provide that to their employees. Um, and we talk about we're as an institution, we're only as good as our employees. And so the stability of professional development that will bring to their members um, by investing in their employees at those SACOs is just going to be really amazing too. So I think that why component is what really speaks to me in addition to um, all the very amazing things that are going to come with it that Lois talked about too. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And um, maybe a good moment for us to pause and appreciate what we have when it comes to professional development and the focus that we have on talent and our people and maybe something that we forget as we get stuck in our day-to-day -day and how that really does affect our members, right? Like we have great people on our team that are trained and continually developed and that's great for us, but you know, really that end benefit does come to the members and to our communities and to see that trying to be grown in another place in the world is, is just awesome. That's, that's amazing. Um, so we talked a little bit about regulation, how this might be, uh, you know, one of the developments of, um, or one of the outcomes um, when all is said and done here. What's, what's happening right now, or um, what does it look like without this structure and with this regulation in place? Like what, what's going on that um, is making these people say, hey, this is the thing we need, and we also need like help and structure and uh, maybe this academy to help us pull this thing off. So if you, if you think about the fact that in the US and in most developed countries around the world, uh, if you put money in a credit union, it's relatively safe. If you think about the idea that we have insurance that covers $250,000 of our savings and we know that that money is there and it's safe. There are very few movements um, across the continent of Africa that have a, a deposit guarantee, they call it DGS, deposit guarantee scheme, that really says all of our members' money is protected. If you look at even the, those that have the best deposit guarantee system, they may have 50% um, of their money actually being protected. So if you look about that and you recognize that first and foremost, we have to protect the savings of members. It's, it's one thing to protect wealthy members who also need their savings protected. But when you have your entire life invested in an institution and it fails and your money is gone, that has a tremendous impact on individuals and the SACO movement as a whole. So the idea for me, first and foremost, regulation has to happen to ensure that members' money is protected and the reputation of SACOs is also protected. If a Kenyan, if a credit union in Kenya fails, it, infects, it, it in, you know, has an impact on the entire 
movement there. So first and foremost, we have to make sure that money's, that members' money is safe, that they're running strong financial institutions with a business strategy that works for members. So if the outcome of the academy first and foremost is that, then we've been successful and we've succeeded. Those that are most looking towards regulation and legislation towards this are running really good credit unions. They want the um, credibility that comes from being regulated to really help their move their institutions grow. The ones that are less confident, we have to work with them for them to also see the benefits of being regulated. And also to recognize the value in building really strong and safe institutions. Yeah. For those that um, maybe aren't quite on board yet, I imagine there's a bit of trust building or what, what other challenges um, need to be overcome to get them on the same page as some of those bigger or more stable institutions. Katie, do you want to answer that or do you want me to? No, I mean, I think... I was thinking more along the lines when Ben had asked, like things that are already being done was kind of really where I was doing. I think, I think Ben, yes, I, I can speak to some of this. I think Lois probably has deeper insight, right? So, you know, I think that there's definitely trust building, but I also think that there's um, the development also is, is all the way back to, you know, what is it, what is a good board makeup? What does a board governance look like? Um, board involvement versus uh, operational and management involvement. So, I mean, I think I think that there's a lot of layers to that, Ben. So it, it is trust, but it is also um, sometimes conversational around those credit unions that may not be as stable. Um, it's not just probably one piece that's making that, you know, it, it might be linked to leadership, it might be linked to governance. So it's hard to say with one organization what it what it looks like, but it is usually mul multiple different uh, facets of what might be causing that. I don't know, Lois. Um, no, you make that makes perfect sense, because there are so many levels of sophistication in, in the African movement. We have very sophisticated credit unions across the continent yeah. with state-of-the-art data systems with state-of-the-art protection systems with products and services that are ahead of us. Mm -hmm. So the challenge is, is matching those SOCOs with those that are developing and have less sophistication. So it's finding that common ground through a COSCA to build, to continue to provide value to the really sophisticated credit unions, but at the same time help the others grow to a point where regulation is something they really seek and will benefit from. Part of it also is growing the regulators. And we have solid, strong, wonderful people that are regulators across the continent, but it's building a level of, if you would say prudential standards, for example. Mm -hmm. And I'm not speaking from a Costco, I'm speaking of my many years doing development work. And, recognizing that prudential standards that are uniform across the continent is gonna help everybody grow together collectively. Okay. So for example, you cannot say that the, the, the standard for um, capital adequacy is this in this country and this in this country. Of course you can, but ideally it should be the same throughout the continent. And that's where the joy of Akoski comes in because they're the convener of regulators that can have this conversation about things like prudential standards and prudential norms. 
And Ben, I think that that's another really key component of um, Climb Africa, right? So we've talked a lot about the Academy, but it's also the Acosca space. Um, so Acosca, one of the things that Acosca does do, and I believe they're quarterly, right? Lois is the regulator roundtables. Mm -hmm. So Acosca is facilitating really phenomenal conversations around what Lois was just talking about on those standards on a quarterly basis with the regulators. And there's components to it. They travel across the continent, obviously, because they do serve all 28 countries that are involved in Acosca. But um, so it's not always in Kenya, but if it is hosted in Kenya, um, it's always been off offsite because the facility and the location that Acosca was at prior to this initiative wasn't conducive to hosting these roundtables. So it was offsites at hotels. And so there's Climb Africa, in addition to, to building this academy, now has a space and a location that they can actually facilitate these conversations that they have been having. So it... Um, it will be able to really enhance the things that they've been doing. Um, so it's not that there that there hasn't been the work being done and Climb Africa is gonna start all the work. It just, it was really going to help them enhance what they've been doing um, and have a, have a location that they can do so and build out um, an online platform that allows them to reach an entire continent. Um, so I think, you know, those enhancements are a really key piece of the, of this Climb Africa initiative. So, and we're busy. We're building. (laughs) It's so complex. Curriculum. We're building out, I think for the first time that I'm aware of, I could be wrong, but financial coaching modules and certifications, for example. Mm -hmm. So credit unions will have the opportunity to help their members for the first time, start to think about talking about money. And recognizing how to prepare for retirement, how to start to save, how to not spend everything you earn. How do you plan for the future? So the academy is going to start to tackle those things that are needs across the continent that have not been addressed in the past in a way that's productive and fun and will bring, you know, we use a facilitated um, training style at Acosca that is very, very hands-on. We don't do any rote learning. Everything is done through participatory and experiential training techniques so that, you know, it's, it's people are learning. We're learning. Yeah. We're learning as much as they are about things that seemed so different where we are and we realize, no, they're pretty much the same. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As you're speaking, I'm, you know, some of these things between certifications, financial education, I mean, these are things that exist and maybe we have, I don't know, structure resources in place for it to be a bit more active here in uh, the States. But um, at the same time, like we also know that there's plenty of members and people here in uh, our own country that, uh, you know, need this same stuff. So uh, it's interesting to hear the dynamic between where we are in Africa and how, like you just said, Lois, like at the end of the day, a lot of it is the same. It's just maybe where we're at on that journey. You know, it's interesting you say that. So I, in my a former role, it's been 25 years ago, I ran a project in the Southern Philippines for the World Council. And when I went off on this journey, I went there and I could see development issues everywhere. If you think of inadequate housing, if you think about hunger, you think about transportation issues, you think about access to financial services, all of these things are called development issues, as you know from DE. Right. When I came back from 
the Philippines, I went, oh my God, those same issues are all across America. How did I not see that before? And so when, when I personally do work with my African counterparts, I will talk about global development and help them recognize this isn't just Africa. Mm-hmm. These are issues that are facing our entire global system. You know, in, in Great Britain right now, they call it eat or heat because they know people right now are really struggling. Um, the, the, the low wage working families, working families are really struggling with it. Do I buy groceries or am I gonna have money to pay for heat? So it's, it's recognizing those issues that are happening globally are also something we can have an impact right here in the US. So if you think about why support this whole initiative, it's because there is benefit in what you're learning in Africa to help members right here in the United States build their quality and their financial lives. Because we can take the lessons we're learning here and apply it right here in the States. Yeah. I think, um, I don't remember who we were talking about it on a climb on a climb call. And it was, you know, why? Why would a US credit union, you know, when we're talking about that, why, why would a US credit union get involved to support this project? And I think that's the key right there that Lois said, you know, for all of us that have um, I say fortunate, I, I'm thankful every day that I've had the fortunate opportunity to travel there. And I come back knowing more about the way credit unions function. I feel like I'm, I come back. It is collaboration. I, I learn, I think far more than I contribute. Um, and I, uh, it's, it's eye-opening to just see how you have maybe a perception and you go, and then you realize that the entire country of Kenya and it extends into Uganda and, and Eastern Africa has an entire mobile payment system and, and everybody functions on a mobile payment system where here in the US we've struggled to get that to get off the ground, you know? So it's it's very interesting to see different elements um, in different parts of the in different parts of the continent. You know, in, in the Gambia they have a completely shared branch network. Every one of their credit unions functions on the same core platform. Like imagine what we could do to our, to serve our members if something like that existed, you know? So um, I think that why is uh, anyone who, who has, who has interacted with any of the credit union professionals or SACO professionals in Africa comes back learning tenfold. Um, and we bring that all back to our credit unions. And ultimately the credit union movement is international, right? It's a global movement. And we are stronger when that movement across the globe is stronger. So um, I think that 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 has really been um, one of those things that has been a strong why as to um, this being awesome. Yeah, well said. And one of the ancillary benefits of this project that might seem super localized around this big mountain in Africa, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, about the mountain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I haven't talked yeah. about that yet. I was just going to say, uh, I think I'm one question into my list of questions. So I better get us moving along here. So um, to that point, we, uh, Lois, you mentioned at the beginning of the show, we talked about this big chunk of money, right? 1.2 uh, million. And I can imagine that um, you know, what those dollars will do, um, you know, impacting people's lives is um, virtually imme- immeasurable, you know, in dollars. So um, can you uh, talk a bit about like, what, how did you come to $1.2 million? And what is this doing? Is this building the building? Or is there additional stuff that's happening with the funds generated here? 
so we came up with this number through, I mean, it took us a while to really think it through. And part of it is recognizing when a Costco bought the new office space, which is a condo in a high rise um, um, building, we recognized they had a mortgage and that's something we're trying to take care of. They used all of their institutional reserves to put it into this building which means that can make liquidity tight. So we wanna pay off the mortgage first and foremost. The second piece of this is building out the environment within that space that is highly professional, that is highly warm, that when a donor, a potential donor or a government official comes into that office, it screams professionalism. It, it really does say that this is an organization that is progressive and is because is, it's very, very modern in the approach we took when it was actually built out. So if you look at it from that perspective, we're also looking at building solid curriculum, curriculum that has to weather 28 different countries. Yeah. And we're getting some nice um, support and I'm not I'm at liberty to say until I think they release it from an organization that is helping us build out a lot of work around underwriting of loans, for example. We have um, a colleague of mine, Mark Lynch, who is um, been contracted to write out the financial coaching piece. So what Acosca what is doing very deliberately and carefully is saying, yeah, there's all this content out in the world and we have many of you willing to just throw this content at us. That is not what we need. We need solid content that is Africanized, that meets the needs of Africans that has African pictures, that has, so there is a whole process that needs to happen to make sure that the content is effective, relevant, and will be easily adapted. The first, then, and the next piece, as we talked about, is the Research Institute. So if you combine all of that and a cushion to make sure that we've got enough, the number is 1.2. We have right now a bit over half of that, so we have been successful and we've gotten wonderful support from um, the, the US credit union system, $125,000, for example, from CUNY Mutual, which is, yeah, what's really, and we've gotten 50,000 from three credit unions. Um, help me, Katie, Schools First Credit Union, Coastal Credit Union, and Government Employees Credit Union yep. from yep. Carolina. And then we've got smaller donations, one from right in Wisconsin, my own credit union, Summit Credit Union has committed 20,000 towards this effort. So we're not, we're, and this is a one-time ask. Yeah. yeah. So we're not, we're not coming back next year and the year after and the year after. This is a one-time ask. Well, I think it's also important to recognize that there's some really great support on the continent of Africa too. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, the Kenyan um, National Police uh, SACO um, has 60,000, I believe. And all of this is in US dollars. So um, in Kenyan shillings, that's a substantial difference. Lois, help me with that conversion. <laughs> I know it's- yeah, it's it's So the 60,000 is about 600,000 shillings. And then we have gotten really nice support. Initially, we said we wanted to raise about 60% from off the continent and about 40% from the continent. We're going to easily, we've gotten wonderful support from African credit unions um, and national associations. So I'm comfortable we'll get the support we need from Africa. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so, I think it speaks um, volumes that way, right? To have that support co- on the continent as well as they, there's that value and that investment in it as well. Sorry. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's okay. So um, yeah, I mean, I, amazing to hear um, the people that have come together, the organizations that have come together to support this thing. And, you know, I think clearly there's proof that you've put time into the complexities of this thing and being able to answer the, the why, you know, and like why this is really important to Africa, to the global credit union movement and important to credit unions, you know, right here at home in the U.S., in Wisconsin. So, um, you know, clearly lots of peoples and partners to pull off something of this scale. We probably don't have time to list them all, but who have been some of the key people or organizations that have, you know, really made this thing real? Well, the first three that we mentioned, if we look from the U.S., we also have support from PSCU. We've had support from University Federal Credit Union. We're getting support from other credit unions across the U.S. that um, their name isn't on the ledger yet, but we expect it to be. We also have a team. So if we could, I'll quickly divert us just quickly for this whole idea of Climb Africa. So Climb Africa is a whole year's effort but what's coming up in October is um, the climb team that will be climbing Kilimanjaro to raise awareness of the importance of the African credit union system to the global movement. The other piece of it is a ground team is going to be working at a school for the blind called Salima in Salima, Malawi, to actually um, shore up um, poor infrastructures. They're gonna actually go in with paintbrushes and they're gonna go in and build a mural, paint a mural across with the kids' hands and stuff. The value in doing that is for the, from the foundation's perspective as chair of the African Cooperative Development Foundation that is kind of the lead um, group of all of this is that we want to bring awareness through the climb. We want to bring the values that our foundation has in serving and building communities through the ground team. Mm -hmm. So we have, um, I think, 16 Americans are coming with others. We have Canadians. We have others that are coming. Um, For the ground team, we have another, I think, 12 of us that will be doing the climb team. Mm -hmm. So we have a pretty good delegation of US folks coming to Africa. One of the things, a good example of why this all makes sense is Tony Baudet, who is the chairman and current chair of CUNA. He is also the president and CEO of University Federal Credit Union in Austin, was just with us in Eswatini at the Congress. And he said it was one of the highlight of his professional career. Hmm. So if you think about you're coming to teach, you're coming to share and to learn. Mm-hmm. And that's what we expect to happen from both the climb team and the ground teams. Yeah. Am I on track, Katie? Yeah, I absolutely. I think that's a really, um, really important piece to share in this. I think the other piece to share that's really, when you think about those numbers, there's a commitment, there's a level of commitment. So our ground team, in addition to support Ben, right, other um SACOs, other credit unions, system sponsors, um, each of the climbers are committing um, to fundraise $5,000. And the best part, right, as climbers, the climb itself um, is a a commitment on our own. So the climb is at our our cost as a climber and the $5,000 that I raise 
all goes directly to um, the Acosta Academy. The ground team is raising twenty five hundred. Um, so you know that that raise it that will raise a really good chunk towards Climb Africa, but it also really looks at that outreach, right? So for for me, my outreach is a lot of my friends and family and colleagues at Simplicity that I nudge and I'm like, hey, want to support this? But all of that money, all of that money goes to the academy. So that reach of donors far spans outside necessarily just the credit union movement. Um, and so that's really fantastic. We've had a lot of really good work. Lois, you know, as Lois said, she's Lois is a volunteer, right? She is mm-hmm. She's a co-founder of CU Difference, but volunteers her time. Um, and and outside of Climb Africa, there's there's a great deal of time. But Mark Lynch with CU Difference and Angela Passell with CU Difference, both of them are donating in kind gifts. So we we have that. We have ground crew donors um, that are bringing items for the school in Salima. Um, you know, we have, as you know, Ben. Like I've been. Uh, sending lots of emails, right? Like exclamation with, which is part of simplicity donated. Well, you donated your time and creation of the amazing logo that we have. So I think the outreach that Lois was talking about and the, and I think we can't even put a, a, a number two, really the sheer number of people that have just become familiar with this thing that we, we talk about climb Africa. Um, we love so much. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, all in what's not to love. It's a, a really cool effort. Uh, obviously, an amazing cause behind it. Um, you both are on the CLIMB team. Um, mm-hmm. We need yeah. to make sure to make some time to talk a bit about Kilimanjaro, <laughs> the CLIMB itself. Like, what's this thing going to be like? How are you feeling? So it's my second time to do this. <laughs> and so I know what I'm up against. And I will tell you, so first and foremost, Africa is the highest freestanding mountain in the world. So people don't recognize that. The the summit is 19,340 feet. And I had friends here last night supporting this effort and they said, but there's oxygen, right? And it's like, no, there's no oxygen up there. You're doing this out of um, sheer will. And honestly, the climb is a nice climb until we get to the summit. And the summit will start at about between three o'clock and four o'clock in the morning. It's cold, it's dark, and it's slow. It's one step in front of you. Holy <laughs> So it's gonna take a tremendous amount of discipline and f- physical strength as well as mental strength for us to get our entire 18 person climb team to the top. Yeah. So Katie- I the mental. <laughs> I know Lois is, I know that Lois, uh, knows what to prepare for. Um, one of one of our climbers, Randy, sent out a video of the route that we're doing and what to expect. And I started watching the video and the first probably 20, 20 of the 30 minutes of the video, I was feeling like, right, I feel really good about this. Like that looks great. The trail, like, yes, there's roots, but I can do this. Uh, and then it got to the summit day. And I realized <laughs> that all, all the physical training I've I've done will help me get to summit day and, and the rest of it will all be mental. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, um, there is a, of the night of the 18 of us, there's a good chunk of us that know each other. There's some people that I don't know, 
but I have no doubt that like that support and that cheering of each other going up the mountain. And, and as, as I said, poli poli is slow in Swahili. Um, mm. uh, that's going to be the key. And <clears throat> it's just really, truly going to be that, that mental game. Um, and, you know, you can train and you can, I mean, I keep, I keep saying like, I'm training in Wisconsin where there's no altitude. So I, I don't really know what to expect or Florida, right? Lois, like I'm even lower. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I've been jumping on my spin bike with a mask wearing an N95 just to like, see what that's like, just to try to prepare. But really the recognition is that this is, it's going to be mental. And it's also going to be the fact that we have 18 people championing each other for a really amazing cause. And I think that's, what's going to get us to summit. So recognizing I was hallucinating on the first trip, absolutely hallucinating. I thought the sky was on my head and I kept trying to push it off my head until the the guide said, what are you doing? It was like, nothing, nothing. I'm fine. Because if if there is any indication at all, you're struggling, they'll bring you down. Sure. So we'll see this time whether, I mean, the last trip I did, people were throwing up and I mean, so it's not easy. And I think that 18 people willing to commit to something that we understand isn't gonna be easy, easy talks to the level of commitment that we have for doing this for Africa and doing this for credit unions. So it's gonna be, we're gonna be sending pictures yeah. as, as long as we can. Right. <laughs> we'll eventually lose the ability to send stuff back but and we'll be capturing as much as we can but it's so and one thing that i think is really critical is when you get to the top you come down rest for two hours and you start down the same day sure well the physical exhaustion from the summit isn't enough they're going to punish you more by (laughs) handing you surgery yeah maybe not literally Maybe not literally, but this is definitely one of those uphill both ways sort of situations. Like neither way is easy. Because it's harder to come down than go up at the end because you're already exhausted. And your legs are not used to that. They're used to climbing up. You climb stairs, you climb, but coming down is... The exciting part is because we wanted Climb Africa to be about awareness and about the love of community is our ground team will be meeting us on the mountain. So they will start the climb toward us on our last day as we're coming down and we'll meet as far as they get and we'll all come off the mountain together. Awesome. There will be champagne because right now (laughs) everything is dry. None of us are drinking alcohol of any kind. We're no wine until we get through. Yeah, a month. No, No wine or beer. A month prior to the climb so yeah i'm sure it will be worth about that for me i like my wine so this is like oh yeah well that'll be the best tasting champagne you'll have (laughs) and thankfully lois built in like a day of rest in the agenda for us so yeah good be good yeah well um last call anything that we missed or anyone that might be listening is there anything else that you'd like people to know or what can they do how can they support Yes, I would like to say that we have a wonderful uh, website that allows you to make contributions to any of the climbers, including our African friends. And I think we could probably put the link at the end because it's very long. 
but we really invite you to go out and look at this. You can also do a virtual ground or a virtual climb team. If you're a virtual climb team, you have to raise $1,000 and walk 19,340 steps a day for the time we're on the mountain. If you're a virtual ground team, we need you to raise $500 and do some type of project. For example, my yoga ladies, my yoga friends from my neighborhood, just raised $600 for the climb and their project is going to be to solicit books from the neighbors to bring back to one of the libraries that we're supporting. So this is, a one, this is history making. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity to help change a continent. We're also looking for the school in Salima, things like flip-flops, kids don't have shoes. Hmm. We're looking for things like t-shirts. We're looking for blankets. We're looking for those really basic items. So if you have and you're willing to provide, we carry this stuff in suitcases back to the continent. It might not go this trip, but it will eventually get to the children that really need access to these goods. Yeah. Katie. No, I was just gonna say, I know that Ben will add links. Uh, I absolutely think it's super important. Um, you know, go out there, you can support Lois, you can support obviously myself, help me get to my 5,000. Um, but also, I'm almost there. Um, <laughs> but also know like all of the money donated gets directly given to a Costco. You know, when you give to a foundation, overhead costs usually come out. What does that look like? So AACUC, um, the donation goes through their site. It's getting sent directly to a Costco. It's been amazing. Um, and so for any donors in the U.S., it is um, tax deductible. And um, if you itemize, add it, add it to your donations. Um, so I think that, you know, for people that are giving that, that does matter. Where does those dollars go? How much of my dollar goes? So, you know, that hundred percent. directly goes to this effort. It's not yeah. going to build, pay for operations. It directly goes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Great. Yeah. That's super important. Well, uh, hopefully um, our audience gives you just that last little boost to at least at your goal, Katie, but then yeah. of course support the overall cause for sure. So, okay. Before we wrap, we have to go into our something awesome segment where the, we share recommendations for uh, things we've done, books we've read, podcasts we're listening to, things that are just awesome that uh, we want to share with the world. And in tradition, I'll kick us off. Uh, I'm going to be sharing a link with all the other links that we've talked about today uh, to the Climb Africa page and other information that'll help um, help people learn more about uh, the effort and the academy. Um, but the link that I'll be sharing is, this is totally unrelated to Climb Africa. I'm so sorry that I didn't do anything, but um, I saw this awesome article um, about a school that did these really funny carpool line signs. So I'm totally in back to school mode right now, dropping off my son at school occasionally throughout the week. And, you know, there's just no perfect system to do that at whatever school you're at. And uh, clearly the school that uh, made these creative signs to tell people where they can and can't park and what to do with their children and stuff just brought like a level of humor to it that I thought like, First off, we just need more of in our world right now anyways, right? The ability to laugh at a 
process that just is never going to be perfectly awesome, but, um, you know, might as well enjoy yourself and have a chuckle while you're there. So um, I, I can't, I won't say more. We'll share the link. You just got to check out the images. There's some really good ones that are also very nostalgic. Clearly, whoever um, designed these signs was like born in the 80s or something because they like all the same <laughs> things that I liked, like Friends and MC Hammer and stuff like that. But that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good one. So check out the link there. Lois or Katie, anything awesome to share? Go ahead, Lois. Yeah. Okay, I'll say two things. I'll recommend a book and I'll also say something awesome. <laughs> Last week at Eswatini, I have met a future queen, but I've mm -hmm. never met a king. And I had the opportunity to shake hands and meet the king of Eswatini. Wow. So when you say we're going to the kingdom, it's the kingdom of Eswatini when you go to this country. So who can say, and also met the um, prime minister and the deputy prime minister on the same day. So that's a pretty big day cool. for someone visiting a country. The book I'd like to recommend is a book called Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. It's not as much fun as signs for the school lines, <laughs> but it's a book that I've read for many, many years. It's, it's, um, it's the all the old Lao Tzu teachings from the 2500 BC as told by Wayne Dyer. And it's a really practical guide to how do you live your life. So think about change your thinking, change your life. Or it might be change your thoughts, change your life, something to that. Effect. Okay, we'll get the exact title and we're share, we'll share the link to that uh, book recommendation as well. Awesome. That's awesome. Thanks, thanks Lois. So mine's Katie. totally different. Um, I like... Obviously, I'm a yes and love adventure and travel and going. Um, and so my awesome is that I get to see that in my crazy boys. So I have two boys. They're eight and they're um, 11, almost 12. And in the last couple of weeks, they have, in my training for Kilimanjaro, uh, gone um, trail riding on mountain bikes, uh, including some wipeouts on some hills and routes. Uh, and they just bounced up and kept going with me. Um, and then... Uh, my littlest son and my older son double water skied um, as I pulled him behind a boat this past weekend. And then I double slalomed with my oldest son behind the boat. So um, my awesome is that I just love seeing their excitement for adventure and activities and doing all the crazy things with me. So I have two small humans that are as crazy as I am. And that's what I wanted to celebrate is awesome. <laughs> Well done. But that's good crazy. or bad, actually. I don't know. Nah, that's good. That's that's good. good, Katie. Come nice on. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Great. Thank you both for sharing. Um, I don't know, Katie, maybe we can get a link to like a video of double slalom water skiing or something. That might be kind of cool to share. But if yes. not, I guess people just have to imagine. But I, I do have video, of course. So okay. I will share my boys. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well. Gosh, um, this went so fast. Thank you both so much for the time being here today and for everything that you're doing. Uh, best of luck. We'll be thinking about you, praying, knocking on all the wood, crossing fingers, doing everything that we can to make sure that the trip goes well and the climb goes well. Um, really appreciate you yeah, taking time out uh, to tell the story and share what you're doing. So thank you both for being here. Thanks, Thank you so much. It was great fun.
you bet. A uh, reminder for our audience, we'll share links to everything that we promised. We'll share links to today. Um, and uh, if you're listening to this on our website, you can find us on your favorite podcast app. Uh, or if you're listening to us uh, on your podcast app, you can check us out at exclamationqso.com slash blog to listen to all of our episodes. Thank you uh, again, Lois and Katie, for being here. Thank you, friends, for tuning in. This has been one of your self-proclaimed professors of awesomeology, reminding you that life's awesome if you make it awesome. We'll see you next time.